Hello and welcome. My name is Christopher Chandler. And my name is Chris Shower. And, and we, we are, are Generally, generally American. American. In our podcast, we discuss events, culture, whatever else we want from a generally American perspective. From our differing viewpoints, our goal is that we can offer others and ourselves nuanced opinions on fascinating topics related to the U.S. We invite you to be part of the discussion, and we hope that you'll stick around to see where the conversation takes us. So let's dive in. And we're live. <laughs> we are. Hello, everyone, and hello, uh, hello. welcome to the to the first 2022 post-Thanksgiving podcast episode. Yeah, this is our second. I think this is our second episode together after Thanksgiving. Well, it's the first one we've recorded. Yeah, I've we so we've I've been around or we've been around since 2020. Yeah, but this is our this is our second one together for Thanksgiving. So, uh, but before we get to that, so the weather, because we always talk about the weather, it's getting real cold. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of worried because like gas is really expensive at the moment. So like to heat with, not like for your car, that's actually pretty cheap. Um, so we've been wearing a lot of jackets in the house to keep warm. So we don't use too much like heating which it's pretty much what everyone's been doing for the past couple of weeks now. But we haven't had snow yet, so I'm st we're still waiting, but we're not going to get snow. I'm pretty sure we're not going to get snow. We never get snow. <laughs> well, lucky you. <laughs> Although, before I, I give my report, uh, that does... It, it's not fun, but that does kind of make me nostalgic having to, like, uh, wear warm clothes around the house. Really? When I used to weekend at my mom's condo, uh, the all the heat was um, like those radiator vents mm -hmm. like by the floorboards, and those are really expensive. And we had a wood-burning stove, so on the second floor of this three-floor condo, so we would burn things, and we would just sit in front of it all day, and it was fun, but everywhere else in the house was freezing, so you'd wear like bunch of clothes and then uh same thing the first apartment i got with my roommate we only had a wall unit for air conditioner mm -hmm. and a couple of those you know those baseboard radiators so lots of wearing warm clothes around the house and my bedroom was above another unit's garage so the room beneath me was completely unheated so in the winter is is freezing in my room I don't know if that sounds nostalgic. <laughs> I mean, it, it made me a little nostalgic. But anyway, weather report here. Uh, the last few days, it's been warm enough to melt. It's actually, I had to go out to my car to get my mic uh, before we started. It's raining a little bit. Um, the last of the snow is melting, mm. which sounds great, except it's going to be very cold Monday and Tuesday and snow. So now we're going to have a bunch of ice below a bunch of snow. Which is exactly how it happened last time, and it was awful. Do you have chains for your wheels, for your tires? Uh, no. I have all weather tires, uh, which for snow and ice is like one step up. I have the same. From regular. See, I don't... I guess for the U.S. it doesn't matter. Maybe it depends on the state you live in. But at least for Germany, they you're, you're required by law to have different sets of tires depending on the seasons. So, we... Wow, I've never heard of that. Oh, no, you do. But it's it's only particular to Germany. So, 
you there are three sets of tires you can buy. You can buy tires that are meant for like spring and summer. Um, you can buy tires that are meant for like fall and winter, or you can buy like all like all weather tires, like year round tires. Um, so I bought the the all weather tires so that I don't have to change them because uh, I'm lazy. But you have to by law have the appropriate tires in the appropriate season. And if you don't and you get caught, um, there's I don't want to say like a huge fine, but I mean it'll cost you money. Uh, and they have like the O to O rule in in Germany, which is um, October Ostern, which is basically like from October to Easter, is when you should have like your winter tires on, um, or like your or the all weather tires basically. Uh, but that's what I have. So it's that's actually really interesting i i didn't the only the closest thing i can think to that here is when you're going up or down mountain passes in the winter Mm -hmm. uh large like commercial trucks have to chain up like they have areas to pull off to the side of the road like hey you're about to go up this huge mountain pass and it's winter and it's icy pull over here and chain up right now and they'll also have, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with this, because Missouri's pretty flat. Yeah. Uh, mountain yeah, passes have runoff areas. So, mm. like, if you're going down a pass and you, you're losing control and you're not going to stop, they have, like, kind of like an off-ramp where instead of just, you know, crashing, it's like a dirt roadish kind of area that you mm. can kind of go to to, like, slow yourself down. Oh. Uh, no. That's interesting. But yeah, so like that that's pretty much it. But like you never really need those kind of tires here anyway cuz you never get snow. We do get ice though. So you keep jinxing this, you're going to get snow eventually. <laughs> Hopefully. I mean, it's we're long overdue. There was a there was a really bad snowstorm about 2 years back. Uh that hit all of Europe actually, not just Germany. So, besides that, yeah, I'm trying to jinx myself. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't actually mind the snow that much if I didn't... The snow's not even really the issue. It's it's the ice and the driving in it. Uh, that's uh, true. Yeah. I think this was... This actually happened shortly... Yeah, this happened a couple weeks ago. Um, one of the, my friends I work with, we were going to go to lunch. Mm. And... Uh, st- I don't stop me if we talked about this last time, mm-hmm. but it's kind of like code here when someone gets stuck in the ice or snow, like everybody around just drop what you're doing, get out and push. Oh, I've done uh, that. <laughs> yeah, so that happened here. We were trying to get out of like the little street our our work is on, and it was awful. It was basically like three or four inches of snow on top of like sheer ice because of the way it melted mm. and it froze. And we're trying to push this lady out. And I, you know, it was difficult, but my friend had probably the worst possible shoes for it. And he fell like four times. And <laughs> No, I remember it's, those it's days. It's awful. I, I've been stuck in snow plenty of times. And where you like, you just spin your wheels and you can't, you can't get out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you ever rock yourself back and forth? Yeah. You go, reverse drive. Yeah. Reverse drive. <laughs> It's yeah, probably done... terrible for your transmission. Is it? Uh, honestly, I I'm never thought about that. So. I've never thought about that. 
No, I mean, I've had some people, like, they would bring, like, sand or, like, uh, gravel, and they would pour it on the tires, so that would kind of, like, help you get out. I've never used chains, though, for my tires, believe it or not. Um, definitely not here. But I hate, I love snow, and I love rain. I don't like driving in it, though. It's... Yeah. It, there's... There, there's a... There, I think there's, like, a... Um, a Swedish word or an Icelandic word. I can't remember what it's called, but it's basically the equivalent of like, um, like window weather, I think is the, the would be the term. And basically, oh. have you heard of this? Yeah, I have. Uh, go ahead. Yeah. It's basically like weather that looks very beautiful when you look out from your window, but is terrible to like be in. And that's what I feel about, uh, like when, like, uh, snow and, and rain. Like, I love snow and rain. I just don't like being in it. I like looking at it. <laughs> yeah, I, I I would go a step past that. I kind of like being out in it. Um, like, when I was 14, uh, we live, you know, relatively, we live close to Yellowstone National Park here. And my school went on a five-day trip to Yellowstone. And we stayed in the park. We mm-hmm. stayed at this ranch area in Lam- they called it a ranch. It was not a ranch in Lamar Valley, which is a very famous area of the park where there's wolves and it's just crazy beautiful. The amount of wild- wildlife is insane. Wolves and- like, like like wild wolves or have they been tamed? Yeah, oh, no, wow. absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> I don't know that. These are these are real wolves and they're very scary. And when you go to Yellowstone National Park, stay in your car and stay away. Well. Stay in your car on the road and stay away from the wildlife. Obviously, you need to walk the trails and stuff. But this trip occurred in February. Uh-huh. And that's like, you know, deep height of winter. Mm. And in Yellowstone, when it's winter, there's like four to six feet of snow everywhere. And it's cold enough that it's, for the most part, hard enough to walk on, especially if you have snowshoes or skis. Mm-hmm. Uh... But it's it's crazy, and it was like negative twenty lots of days. So, I and I enjoyed that. I enjoy the extreme weather. Uh, unfortunately, the car driven society many of us live in just mm. makes it awful. Like I wouldn't mind going outside and walking in the in the rain or the snow, if you know with walkable paths. But it's not very. It's not very simple when everything is a road. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I want to walk in snow. I did it. I've done it plenty of times. I mean, I've walked to school when it snowed. Like, I mean, you guys had snow days, right? Um, very rarely. Really? To get a snow day in Montana, it has to snow a lot. I mean, the expectation is you know what you're doing when you live here. Yeah, see, in Missouri, it's the complete opposite, or at least it was when I was growing up. Where you know, as soon as you got, as, as soon as you had more than like an inch or two of snow on the ground, you could pretty much expect like a snow day, and more often than not, that was the case. So, I would wake up and I would see, oh my god, it's snowing, which it really wasn't a lot, but you know, still it's snow, and I go to the TV, and y- they would show a list of all of the schools that were closed in alphabetical order and my school was always uh 
at the end of the list, so I would sit and wait for like <laughs> I would sit and wait for like ten minutes for my school to appear on the list, and then I would call the school to double check, and you'd get like um like an automated message like this is the the so and so school we're closed uh buses won't be arriving so stay at home and blah blah blah. Um. But if you guys had snow days, did they extend your school year? Because they did that with us. If um. We... So what they do, at least in in this school district, and I don't know if this is a newer thing, mm. uh, but I know they do it now. They build into so in Montana, a school year is one hundred and eighty days. Uh, okay. They'll build like they'll make a school calendar of like one hundred and eighty three days. So if there needs to be a snow day or there needs to be a closure for some reason, you already have those extra days on the book. But if you make it all that way and you didn't have to use them, they're just not school days anymore. Oh, yeah. So we we had a similar system. We had a similar system, actually, where you would we have like a buffer. I think it was like a week. And if we had too many snow days, they would actually extend the school year, which really sucked. But that didn't happen that often. Uh, I I think we, when I was very young, and I was in a private school, so it didn't affect me at the time. Mm. When I was very young, we had a teacher strike here. Um, and I, I, I have friends who were in the school system here at the time, so that did roll things back like a week or two. Mm. I know that. What's funny is, though, my first school day, or my first snow day wasn't even a snow day. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happened is, I think, like, a bunch of wet snow, like, weighed down on, like, a piece, like, a power line or something, and caused a power outage. Uh, we had a lot of those. So, so it was like, hey, snow's not that bad, but the building has no heat, so you <laughs> best go home. Yeah, like, a lot of the power lines in the U.S. are above ground, so... I, at least that's the way it was where I live. It's like you see most of the power lines, but in large parts of Europe, like they're actually kind of hidden. Like you very rarely ever see the power lines, or they're underground. So. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. I never thought about that before, but <laughs> e- even here, and you know, we don't exactly have a thriving metropolis here, but even in downtown Billings, it's not like there's power lines around. I suppose everything must be, like, either underground or running from building to building. Yeah, something like that. But every summer, without fail, because we, we were pretty prone to having tornadoes. So a lot of the trees would fall on the power lines. And we'd have to wait, like, a couple days for them, for them to come out and fix them. And, you know, that really sucked. And so I always learned to, like, not open the fridge. So, like, leave the fridge shut. Because if you open it, you let out all the cold air and the food will spoil. Uh, <laughs> in winter we didn't have that problem because uh, the food wouldn't spoil because it was really cold in winter but you'd freeze your butt off and so my grandma would always take like a pot of water and she would boil it and try to heat the house with that which didn't really work um, it worked for like one room but and it yeah. might be more expensive than just using normal heat. Yeah, yeah. But, like, well, sometimes you didn't have, like, uh, like air conditioning. Like, because if you, if you heat with air and that power's out. But you would still have gas. So you would still use oh, your... Oh, I gotcha. Yeah, so you could still... So we could still use our stove. Like, we could still use our stove and uh, even though the power was out. 
Um, because even, because for those who don't know, like you have like gas and electric stoves and the gas stoves need a spark for them to turn on. And the sparking doesn't really work if there's no electricity, but you can just like hold a lighter there and, and, you know, turn it on yourself. Uh, I mean, not the smartest thing, but I mean, it, it works. <laughs> it sure does. But like, we don't have, we don't have gas stoves here like in germany you do in germany you have gas stoves but me and my wife we don't have one is it like an electric range top yeah it's just electric which to me uh, it's glass yeah it's glass which i think is a lot better and a lot safer because i can't tell you how many times i've fallen asleep (laughs) and forgot to turn off the gas (laughs) well i think that's definitely a you problem (laughs) yeah that's happened to me like a lot um and the worst part about it is, is it's odorless. <clears throat> so uh, a lot, of, or at least it was where we were. So even if there was a gas leak, you couldn't like notice it. And by the time you notice it, it was you were already dead, basically, because like it had gotten to you. <clears throat> and I do know that some companies were like artificially introducing like smells into the gas, like a like a rotten smell, like rotten eggs, <clears throat> and then you would know that there's a leak. But like actual gas, you don't, you can't smell it. It's, it doesn't have a taste. It doesn't have a smell. Um, usually once you start feeling like really weak and really sleepy, uh, then you know that you're, you have a gas leak. <laughs> yeah, you gotta get out. <laughs> yeah. But by then it's already too late. Like, uh, so. Did, when you were a kid, did they make that seem like the scariest thing in the world? Yeah. I mean, definitely. When you're young, like, I feel like before you're 10, like you get told this stuff all the time. I I think it was pretty, yeah, it was pretty scary to me. Um, And carbon monoxide, you won't even know you'll just die. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Although I don't think, I think they use methane, I believe. Mm. But I'm not exactly, but it doesn't doesn't matter either way. It's going to mean it's going to kill you. But (laughs) by the way, I have to ask. I, I hope you did this move, too. So in the winter, when you're baking something, mm-hmm. and you're done, you leave the oven open, right? Uh, some Yeah, usually, so that it'll cool off. Well, no, like, you paid for all that heat in the oven, and it's cold outside. Like, open the oven, let it warm the house up. Oh, yeah, I do that. I do that here, too, though. Uh, yeah, I still do that. I don't, I don't care how rich I ever am. Like, I'll probably always do that. Oh, so you, I guess if you want to reuse the oven, I guess. But, I mean, unless it's made out of, like, stone, it doesn't really matter. I mean, because they'll heat up pretty quickly and cool down pretty quickly, too. My parents have, uh, they they bought a house, like, five-ish years ago and remodeled it. And mm-hmm. they basically built, like, the family house. We do all our gatherings there, like, 20 or so people. That's so nice. It's It's awesome. So they have, like, two ovens, and it's, like, an amazing kitchen. These ovens drive me crazy. They auto-cool. So as soon as you're done baking, the fans turn on inside. Oh. And it, like, filters all the heat out of the house, and I'm like, what are you doing? Stop it. Stop it. We yeah. paid for that heat. Yeah, we have that function, too. Uh, but a lot of... I mean, it's electricity, so it's not super expensive. I mean, now it is because of you know what's been going on but other than that it's not like it's not a boatload of money some people still do have gas though which 
is honestly a huge problem for us because we're super dependent on gas from the east, especially from from Russia. Um, and there's a huge conflict of interest there. And all the heating in Germany, most of the heating is done with gas. So like all the water that because we use radiators for our apartments and our houses. And that water mm -hmm. is heated with gas. <clears throat> Technically, you could heat it with electricity, but historically speaking, we don't. We use gas or wood, uh, both of which are in short supply. So we're kind of between a rock and a hard place. And I'd just rather wear a jacket <laughs> and save yeah. money. Well, from what I've seen in recent news, Germany is already making moves to um, prevent this from ever happening again. They're trying to get off all of these energy dependencies. Yeah, they're so... Not in just Germany, though, like France, too, Italy. Um, they're definitely trying to move towards European partners. Uh, but it's not that simple. Um, so I can't remember his name, but I think the German minister for something, whatever, I think, like the for, for foreign affairs, he's been doing like deals with Qatar so Germany's planning on buying oil and gas from Qatar in like two years. Uh, me personally, I think it's the same situation as before with Russia, but we'll see. Yeah, it absolutely. <laughs> see, what I had heard was, yeah, they were trying to move away from questionable business partners mm -hmm. like Russia and Qatar. Yeah, they're trying, but they're not very successful. So. <laughs> By the way, little fun fact about Qatar I learned the other day. Okay, I, shoot. I, I swear, it was just, we just thought our friend was being stupid, but uh -huh. we looked it up and he's right. So, you can pronounce it Qatar, but it's also Qatar. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I saw an article about that on CNN about how to pronounce it in more of an Arabic way, but... We thought he was just being, like, dumb on purpose for no reason, and he's like, no, I'll Google it right now, and it's Qatar. Yeah, I think that's more of the the Arabic pronunciation of the word. Um, it's the same in German for the first. So kata is the is in German. So, but in all honesty, before this whole place, before the whole like World Cup started, I didn't really give much thought to how the names pronounced. I don't know if you've watched at all. Did you, have you watched the the World Cup? No, um, and I've kind of. I mean, it was one of those things. Knowing everything I know about the World Cup, I would have boycotted it. Uh-huh. However, I cannot boycott something I don't I already don't watch. Yeah, that's the way I feel too. I'd like I I don't really much care about soccer. Like I I can't give it negative views somehow. Yeah. Although I'm not really a huge fan of boycotting though, cuz I don't really think it really does anything or has any meaningful effect. In this instance it might actually it does with or it's it requires organized action. Individual boycotts are next to meaningless. Yeah, pretty um, much. But I feel like there's enough global outrage at the mm -hmm. whole situation that it's turned into an organized effort. Yeah, I've also heard that what's what uh, Denmark. I read an article today about Denmark wanting to like actually exit the the FIFA organization so they won't ever participate in a World Cup again. But you know, only time will tell. 
Now that's been a huge X. That's been on the news a lot here, especially what with Germany and because they played I think two or three days ago. I didn't watch. I don't care. Uh, but everyone's like, you uh, yeah. Didn't Japan beat you guys? Yeah, I think like two to one, maybe. And they're, and they're wearing their blue lock jerseys. Yeah, I think so. I I think I saw like two minutes of the game because, uh, I was switching channels. But other than that, I, I don't really watch it. I didn't even watch last time, like four years ago. And yeah, I never have. Oh, I don't know if I. I don't know if we talked about this last time, but, like, the NFL was in Germany. Did we talk about that? Oh, um, I think we talked about how it was coming, but, yeah, uh, it was the Buccaneers versus the Seahawks, and it was actually a really good game. Yeah, it was all over the news here, which was actually kind of interesting. Um, they were, they were advertising the, the game in, I think it was in Munich, I believe. Yep, it was Munich. Yeah, yeah. So they were advertising that on TV, but my wife and I don't have TV, so we didn't see it. We didn't see the ads. Uh, but we heard about people who had seen the ads on TV. So that was that was super interesting. Because I know you're super into football. Football, I'm kind of not, but... <laughs> yeah, well, and what's interesting about it is I, I knew that Germans were really into American football. I mm-hmm. knew that. But I didn't understand to what level. So when there's like London games, mm-hmm. a large percentage of those people come from Germany. Like, they're like, hey, it's on the same continent. Let's go. Yeah, it's it's really funny because I've met so many Germans and they're like, hey, you're American. I was like, yeah, yeah, of course. Like born and raised, like obviously. And they're like, oh, what's your favorite football team? And I saw this game and, you know, I really love, you know, this one quarterback or whatever. And I was like, yeah, I'm sorry, but I have no idea what you're talking about. Just say the the Chiefs. Apparently we have the biggest, uh, we're the most popular team in Germany from what I hear. uh, The Chiefs are actually very well known. That's true. Uh, But I was actually super shocked to see, like, you have like a lot of fan shops here for like the NFL. So I was super shocked to see, like, you could actually buy, like, real, like, American football stuff to play American football. So it's it's nowhere nearly as popular as soccer, because soccer is king in Europe. Um, but, like, football definitely makes the list. But the people who like American football are very, like, are very peculiar people. Because that's something that you have to, like, go out and, like, look for. You know, it's not something that you actually encounter in the wild, if you know what I mean, because it's imported from from the U.S. And Mm. it's not, like, super... Like, I think every German knows what American football is. I'm pretty sure most Germans are familiar with it, like, the game. But it's just, like, you know, from, like, seeing, like, American movies. Because American football is in American movies, obviously. But most people don't know, like, what the rules are and what the history is and, like, what the teams are, what the NFL is. It's not something super, like, well-known here. So I was actually surprised to learn that Germany has its own league. The, what is it called? Like, the the GFL? <laughs> Funny enough, which is the German Football League. Like, very creative. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. So, like, football's actually pretty popular here. And I've met plenty of people who, like, play, like, on local, like, football teams. You know, that'll go out and they're, like, uh, they'll buy all the equipment and they'll train and all that fun stuff. So, and I heard the stadium was sold out. 
so that it was packed to the brim. Oh, yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, most yeah. NFL games are. Are they really? Well, because you got to think every team only plays 17 times a year. If you're a fan of a team, you have 17 chances a year to go see it. Oh, wow. That's it. Unless, you know, you want to go to the playoffs, and then playoff t- uh, ticket prices start skyrocketing fast. It's already expensive. Like, my last ticket was like 300-some bucks for, like, a mid-tier ticket. Huh. Wow, I didn't know that. But mm. the the popularity is continuing to grow over there, right? From oh, yeah, I definitely. Oh, oh, it is. Um, which, I, like I said, really surprised me, because I assumed it was just something that it was just in the U.S., but it's definitely something people are really interested in. There are rumors that the NFL is planning on uh, building a European division. Mm-hmm. Not like a separate league, but like, hey, there's a division that just like, there's like a London team, there's a Paris team, there's you know a Munich team, and maybe a, I don't know who else would care about football team, because uh, you need four teams in a division. The problem with that is it's already a logistical nightmare to have these occasional games Yeah. overseas, like the jet lag and the travel. It's awful. I mean, players think it's cool, but it's undoubtedly a lot of work and money. Now, if you have four teams that live in Europe, mm. teams are going to be flying in and out of there all the time, and it come it would turn into like a fun occasional novelty to probably pure misery pretty quick. Yeah, that I heard there was I can't remember his name, but there was some football player who actually, uh, who played on the game in Munich and kind of complained about the quality of the grass, uh, in in the Munich oh, yeah. stadium. That's a big deal. Uh, is I I doubt you'd know, but do you know if that uh, stadium has turf? Oh, that's a good question. I have no idea. So this uh, is actually becoming a big point of conversation in the league uh, lately because there's traditional grass fields and then there's turf, which is like, you know, the artificial grass. And turf is usually thinner and over a hard surface. There are, tends to be way more injuries on turf. Hmm. So, you know, people have been saying this for years, but it feels like it's getting a lot louder this year. Like, hey, the league makes so much money. There's no excuse to be playing on anything but grass everywhere. Uh, and especially, even these indoor stadiums, you know, there's ways to grow grass inside. It's They they have the money. They absolutely do. A lot of what you miss out on um, by not having grass, mm. by not having turf. So you can roll up the turf, and then you can just have, like, these state, you know, these are huge stadiums, so you can have concerts and like little fairs and carnivals, all sorts of fun events at them, and it just makes it a lot easier to roll up the turf and that's concrete underneath. Um, my hmm. opinion is these these places are for football, so. I I honestly, I didn't think about that to be honest. Uh, about the so like turf is is artificial. Yeah. Okay. Honestly, I, I didn't really think about that, but. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember what the what the guy's name was, what the the football player, what his name was. But he was complaining about how terrible the grass was in in the stadium. Uh, but I don't. But like on like on a side tangent, uh, what's what's his name? Uh, 
Tom Brady. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The most the most famous football player in history. And I still can't remember his name. Um but like he I think he got divorced recently too. Uh so that's been all the news here as well. Him leaving his wife or them leaving each other. And... No, she definitely left him. Oh, did she? Okay. 100%. Because <laughs> she, was, she was so upset because he's like 45. He's 45 now, I'm pretty sure. Which is crazy. He, he keeps playing football and his wife is like, why aren't you spending time with your family? And then he retired. And then he unretired. And I think that was like the end. Like, it took a few months after that for, you know, the for things to take their course, but I think that was, like, the moment where it was, like, yeah, uh, you know, she's done. Yeah, I, I heard that. I wasn't exactly sure, but I was I don't really follow sports that much, but that was definitely in the news here as well. Mm. And so, he had nothing but nice things to say. He said it was, one, he said it was probably one of the coolest football experiences he's ever had. Which, considering he has something like seven Super Bowl rings, that's that's pretty major. And then I guess uh, everyone in the stadium started singing "Sweet Caroline" at some point, and he said that was like the loudest he's he's ever heard that. Yeah, I heard about that. I heard about them singing in the stadium. Uh, there are a couple. There are a bunch of clips. I didn't watch them though, but it was uh, it was it was pretty crazy. Honestly, just for like. For like the you know the the home away from kind of home feeling, I probably would have gone to the football game, but I'm not I'm not going to Munich because that's for for Americans it's not very far, but for Germans it's very far because it's like 500 kilometers from here, which is like 240 miles or something. Which I mean, that's still pretty far. I mean, it's pretty far for like one game, so. I'm not going to Munich anytime soon. Oh, sorry, it's 310, so I was kind of off. But yeah, it's I mean, like it's the same kind of ballpark. Yeah, so it's like 300, 310 miles from here, which for Europeans is like very far. <laughs> so, Ooh. give me give me 10 seconds. I have to grab something real quick, and then I actually have something pretty, I think, interesting and related to share. Okay, then we'll take a break for five seconds. <laughs> I apologize for that, everyone. My my roommates delivered to me a smoothie. Uh, and guess okay. what it is? Peanut butter. <laughs> it's peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. <laughs> Which, anyway, yeah. Uh, kind of keeping along with that theme that we seem to be on with American football. Mm-hmm. So, uh, college sports isn't really a big deal in the rest of the world, from what I understand. No, not I'm mean, at least not here. So. I mean, you know this, it's massive here, Mm -hmm. especially for more rural communities or rural states where, like, Montana's never going to have an NFL team, but we have college teams. And you take what you can get. (laughs) The the two big college football teams here are the Bobcats and the Grizzlies, Cats and Grizz, Mm -hmm. huge rivalry. Uh, I actually learned the name of the rivalry the other day, it's like... It's like the Battle of the Wild, I think they call it. The Battle of the Wild. Yeah, I think that's what they call it. Um, I'm not really a college guy, but whenever it's Cat Grizz, mm-hmm. whenever it's a Cat Grizz game, um, you know it because everyone's talking about it. And it was 
I think it was like the ESPN Saturday game day showcase when we had it like last week. So mm. like they had, you know, the big national camera crews come out to see the game. And uh, it was funny. I don't, I don't know if you know who Pat McAfee is. He's um, He used to be a punter for a long time. He was very pop- or Not a long time, but he was a punter for a few years. He was very popular. And then he started up his own uh, sports program. And now he's he's wildly popular. Uh, okay. Cor- correct me if I'm wrong. For, for I guess for those who don't know, like the punter is the one who basically kicks the, the ball at the beginning of the game, right? No, that's the place kicker. Okay. Well, who's the punter? Uh, so when you punt the ball, you hold it in your hands, you step forward, drop the ball, and then kick it like that. Okay. Oh, that's uh, right. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, so he <laughs> somehow, and someone roped him into doing a, mm-hmm. um, wrestling a steer on camera. Really? <laughs> that sounds yeah. kind of dangerous. So, like, they had, oh, it totally was. I saw the clip. So... <laughs> They had, like, you know, the Montana, like, rodeo team out there. Uh-huh. And, because uh, I guess our colleges have rodeo teams. And they, like, all right, all right. So they gave him basically, like, a five-minute lesson. So you're going to do this, you're going to do this, you're going to do this, and then that's it. <laughs> they just threw him in. And, you know, this is a big steer, and it had, you know, sharp horns. And, you know, credit to him, he did it in a tank top. Is he still alive? Oh, yeah, he's good, but I, I oh, recommend, okay. <laughs> uh, if anyone wants to see, like, that's probably up there as, like, one of the most American things you can do, uh, go to Montana in a tank top, uh, wrestle a steer on a college game day, mm-hmm. like, that's just, like, level after level after level. But yeah, again, if anyone wants to find it, look up uh, Pat McAfee Steer. I'm going to look it up just to see. If you want to watch it right now, it's only a, it's only like 30, 40 seconds. Oh, okay. I, oh I found it. Yeah. Okay, I'm not going to watch the whole 40 seconds. No, that definitely doesn't look... Uh, well, it's definitely not safe, but... I guess it's kind of like a rodeo, isn't it? I guess it looks like the same thing. Yeah, it was the um, the rodeo team who was walking him through this. Oh, okay. Have you ever been to a rodeo? Uh, I've been to a handful. Yeah, I've seen bull riding and, and you know, um, not bronc riding, but, you know, when they have, like, a bucking horse, I've seen all that. Uh, mm. It's been a long time. It's an interesting experience. I couldn't I'd, imagine going to one. I don't know if I'd want to do it again, but it's... I don't know. From from where I'm from, it's just very, like... It's very of the culture. Yeah, it's kind of like... For me, it's kind of like the like the bullfighting kind of thing, like in Spain. I, at least it goes, like, in, the, in a similar direction, which right. is... It's definitely not that bad. But you yeah. will know, because I think the ones in Spain, sometimes they're killed... Um, I think where, they're supposed to be. That's the end goal. Yeah. Whereas in like a rodeo, it's. I think the the whole goal is just to capture the the steer, basically, more or less. Um, well, it depends. There's a bunch of different events. Yeah, I know there's some like where you try and like tie the legs, and whatnot. I've seen there's that version, like hog tying and whatnot. Uh, 
Yeah, so you'll, like, ride out on your horse, and depending on what you're tying, you know, you'll, like, you'll get level with it, you'll get your rope, you'll get your lasso ready, Mm -hmm. um, throw the lasso, you jump off your horse, you get down, and you tie. Yeah. A lot of athleticism in it, for sure. Oh, definitely, definitely, but I don't know if if it's something I'd be interested in. But I'm surprised that you have that in Montana. I figured that'd be more, like, in, like, the south, but, uh... I mean, I I suppose places like Texas. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. For sure have that culture (laughs) too, but I mean, Montana, Wyoming, North Dakota, South Dakota. That's true, yeah. Strong cowboy culture out here. Yeehaw. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so we're coming to a close. So today was just, you know, catching them after the holidays and just, you know, winging it, I guess. Which I don't think we've ever done before. We were kind of curious to see how that was going to go, which yeah, I don't think was too bad. No, definitely definitely not. Um, I guess because we were busy because of the holidays, so we didn't have much time to prepare. But mm. still, very nice uh, catching up and just having a heartfelt conversation. Uh, I got nothing left on my plate. I don't know if you have anything you want to say before we go. Um. If anybody ever plans on making a American Thanksgiving spread for themselves, uh, look up a mashed potato recipe with sour cream in it. Oh, wow. Even if you don't like sour cream. I don't like sour cream, but there's something special about it mixed in mashed potatoes. Look it up. How can you not like... I love sour cream, and I got my wife to love it too, but I understand... I just don't like it. And whenever it's used <laughs> as a condiment... Like, you never get a little bit of sour cream. It's always like a fistful of sour cream. Which makes it <laughs> all, the much, no. all the much better. Especially on tacos. No. But, yeah, I was I would always get a Supreme at Taco Bell, but I haven't been at Taco Bell probably in, God, I don't know, like two or three years maybe. Do you have Taco Bell? No, funny enough, uh, well, I don't, like I said, I'm a vegetarian, so I don't eat Taco Bell anyway. But... Um, they do have a Taco Bell in the, in the Netherlands, so about an hour, hour and a half from where I live, there's a Taco Bell, supposedly, I've never been there, but I'm not gonna drive to the Netherlands just for, like, a Taco Bell. Could uh, be a fun road trip. True. And they have vegetarian options. Uh, they might. I mean, we have, we have McDonald's, KFC, uh, Domino's, Pizza Hut, uh, a couple other things, too, Subway, so we have all those here. You know, and, before before we go, I actually have a real question for you. Okay, shoot. You said you had pizza for Thanksgiving. Uh huh. Tell me about this pizza. Uh, it was just a margarita pizza. No, actually, you know what? This time it wasn't. It was a vegetarian pizza with, uh, what was it like? Cheese, tomatoes, uh, mushrooms, onions, broccoli, artichoke, uh, peppers. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That sounds really good. Did you get it from a local place or a chain? No, we got it from a local place. We always buy local. I never buy from chains. I hate I hate pizza from chains. They're they're way too expensive and the quality is just terrible. Plus, we have like an, those like an actual Italian family here, um, that that own the the pizzeria. They've been around for like ten or fifteen years, so it's the the best in town. That sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Was that it? Well, all right. Yeah, I'm done grilling you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks so much for the questions. Uh, 
Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you in the next one. See you next time. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen to our podcast. We hope that it was informative and that we were able to expand your worldview, even if only just a little. We always welcome feedback, comments, and constructive criticism. If you'd like to provide us with any, please reach out to us at our Discord or email address, both of which will be listed in, in the description. Thanks again for listening, and until next time.